Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is week nine of the 2018 NFL season. It's trade day. Yes, the trade deadline hit in the NFL. There's lots of trades to talk about. Very, very active this year in 2018. My name is Michael Nazarak. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, uh, my very good friend and a very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, very well. You said the trade deadline hit. I mean, it hit the fan. I was, I mean, it threw everything into a tizzy today. I was all ready to tell you guys after the break today why Golden Tate was a flick this week, and now he's not even on the same team and he's on a bye. So we had to re- reshuffle everything, just like the NFL teams are reshuffling everything this week. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Let's get right to it. <laughs> I think we might go over the uh, the, uh, the limit on the show today. Anyway, uh, as you said, Golden Tate, that's the, the number one trade. The Philadelphia Eagles have acquired uh, Golden, Tate, uh, Golden Tate today, uh, and they did so. Uh, actually, I'm just looking at the details. It's been in exchange for a third-round draft pick. So Golden Tate goes from the Detroit Lions to the Philadelphia Eagles what does this mean for Golden Tate and the Eagles and when for the guys that's left uh, in Detroit? Uh, your first thoughts on this, Chris? Uh, I mean, this affects a lot of people, and most of them are positive. Golden Tate, I think, really doesn't change much. He's going to get a lower target share but a higher volume offense, so it should be about the same. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Carson Wentz now has another good target. It's going to make that whole offense run better. In Detroit, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are going to pick up a little bit more of that slack and become, you know, every week number twos now instead of number threes like they have been. The guy you might want to think about that wasn't on the radar is T.J. Jones, who's probably going to move into that slot role. And PPRs, he might be good to stash at the end of your roster just in case they really like him in Detroit. The only guy that really suffers is Nelson Aguilar. I mean, uh, Golden Tate's basically going to take over that slot role and either push Aguilar to the outside or into a secondary role. So I think he really becomes difficult to start in fantasy right now. Well, I know that uh, Aguilar is a traditional slot guy over there, but he's been, been really been playing on the outside because they got Jordan Matthews, who's been playing mm-hmm. mostly in the slot, and I think Jordan Matthews' role is completely killed. I think he goes to the number four wide receiver. But obviously right. Nelson Aguilar is going to suffer here uh, you know, as a result of this trade. Very, very good win for Carson Wentz, another quality target, a guy that can catch the ball over the middle and make very a lot of yak yards after catch. Um, 
I, I think he's going to lose a little bit of value because Carson is just locked on to Ertz and, and Alshon Jeffrey and all. But it's going to be good for the overall offense. But for fantasy, it is going to it's, it's going to tilt to everything uh, more towards the Philadelphia passing game there, especially they're struggling. They wanted to, to to possibly get some kind of running back or whatever at the trade deadline. That didn't happen. So now I don't know. They've went all in on the on the passing side of it. Uh, and like you said, back in Detroit, uh, Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Galladay, who's hasn't done much the last two weeks. Uh, see a big boom bump in their in their fantasy stock. There's talk of T.J. Jones, but it's interesting. I was just reading a, a, an article from the Detroit Free Press right as we went to pre- as we went to the start of the show uh, this, today, and there is talk now of an undrafted free agent by the name of Brandon Powell. Uh, that was mentored by Golden Tate earlier this summer in the pre in the preseason and such, and apparently Golden Tate said about a month ago that he was basically told to teach him everything he knows. So uh, I'm like you, I think it's going to be T.J. Jones there, but there's a, a guy to keep your uh, your your eye on, and his name is Brandon Powell. I think this this move, any way you look at it, in the immediate future, does hurt. Uh, the fantasy stock of Matthew Stafford because he'd used Golden Tate as uh, you know basically a safety valve. Anytime he got in trouble, he'd get the ball to Tate and Tate could make plays, big plays. Uh, that's going to be gone. So uh, somebody has to step into that role. Uh, the Lions aren't uh, going anywhere this year. I think this is the reason why they wanted to do this move to get the, the pick in exchange for Tate. And they got that. They don't have to pay Tate. Tate is uh, basically a rental at the end of the year if he doesn't uh, his contract's up. So if he's not signed with the Eagles, they'll get a compensatory uh, pick. Uh, so, I mean, it's a win-win-win all the way around. And this is just the, the, the one of the major trades. And there was another trade that happened right before this, and it was the Texans acquiring Demarius Thomas uh, from, the, uh, from, the, from the Denver Broncos. And uh, they paid a fourth-round draft pick, and they're also exchanging seventh-rounders. Uh, so Demarius Thomas is going to, quote, fill the Will Fuller position on the team. But Chris, he's not Will Fuller. He's not a deep threat at all. So what 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 do you think of Demarius Thomas to the Texans? Good move, bad move, uh, what not? What what do you think? I think it's a good move in that it, it stabilized their offense. They have another receiving threat. You're right. He's a totally different receiver at this point in his career than Will Fuller. Um, I mean, he was never as fast as Fuller, but at least he was a downfield threat at one time. But now, he, I mean, he's a red zone threat. He's he's a decent possession receiver. It frees Hopkins to maybe run some of those deeper routes. Nonetheless, they have two good guys mm-hmm. on the outside, and when QT gets healthy, he'll be in the slot. I think it does make Deshaun Watson. It keeps Deshaun Watson's value from tanking in fantasy, which I had a concern it might without Will Fuller in there. So I think it stays, uh, although you're not going to get the big plays, you're still going to have just as much uh, passing efficiency, I think, from, from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think that Demaris Thomas is going to be used to to kind of pick up a, a, a basically, I think, a part part of the offense that maybe DeAndre Hopkins was filling, and it's going to free up Hopkins to more maybe go downfield more, make more big plays and such, because it was just Will Fuller doing there. And I agree. Uh, you know, I think that maybe this move might cap the high ceiling of a of a Kiki Kuti when he's healthy there. But I still think that Kuti in the slot is a young dynamic player they can. 
can move them in and out of the backfield and put them out wide, put them in the slot. They can use all kinds of things. And I still think he's going to see a lot more targets than Demarius Thomas per se and all. Uh, so I, I don't think that it, it drastically affects his value in a negative way when he's healthy. Hopefully he needs to get it. That's, a, that's an injury we're going to discuss later today, his hamstring there. But uh, anyway, uh, I think this is a good move for Houston uh, in terms of keeping them on pace, you know, because they're they, after losing their first uh, uh, three games, they've, they've won their last five. And uh, so they're on track to make the playoffs, uh, something only a few teams have ever done in the NFL after losing their first three games. This is a team that lost to the New York Giants. My team has only got one win, and their one team, uh, one win is against the Houston Texans in Houston. So it kind of tells you how far they've gone. Lamar Miller's back on track there. Uh, you know, and then they got Jordan Thomas, a tight end and all. But definitely now this, this really locks Deshaun Watson in and is still a solid fantasy starter moving forward. It doesn't leave that big hole that he had before. Um, another minor other, trade that happened today. Uh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, the other thing it does is what who's left behind in Denver. This allows Cortland Sutton oh, to move right. into the starting lineup, and they're really high on him. And Denver's got a favorable schedule down the stretch with him seeing secondary coverage. I'll slide to Emmanuel Sanders. I think Cortland Sutton is a guy you definitely want to keep your eye on uh, for, for filling in late in the season to put him on the end of your roster if he's still available. Yeah, there's, there's so much to talk about here. I even forgot about this. Cortland Sutton is averaging 19.1 yards per catch in uh, in this year, and he doesn't have very many catches because he was the number three wide receiver. Now he immediately starts into the fills into the Marius Thomas role there, and he's a uh, more dynamic, a younger player, is a big target just like Demarius was, uh, and he can do things that Demarius couldn't do anymore: uh, get separation, make big plays, big catches there. So uh, you know, this is it may be a small, tiny downgrade for for. Case Keenum, only because they really don't have a number three wide receiver there in, in, in Denver now. But, you know, they've been using their tight ends lately. Matt Lacoste has kind of come on, and Jeff Heerman is a good red zone target there. But still, I mean, this is a big bump up for Cortland Sutton. So if you've got him, now he becomes, I think, an every week starter, a number two or borderline two uh, there for, uh, for Denver uh, moving forward. So anyway, uh, one more uh, player trade to discuss. The Ravens have acquired Ty Montgomery. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Do you think that this had anything to do with the fact that Montgomery returned that kick out of the end zone and fumbled and didn't give Aaron Rodgers a, a chance to hit, uh, you know, to, to beat the Rams? Because he was uh, he was really upset about that. You think that had any anything to do with this trade? Absolutely, and and they they mentioned also that he had been frustrated with his role or lack of role in the offense as well. So he had been griping a little bit. So that was like the last straw. They've cut a player for fumbling a kick before, so that it, I think it absolutely had something to do with why he was traded, and also has to do with the fact that they basically took a bag of balls for him. They got a, a, a conditional seventh-round pick next year or something like that for in the 2020, yeah. I think, actually, the next year. So I, the, the interesting thing to me is what does this mean for what he's going to do in, in, in Baltimore? I thought maybe they wanted an extra, some more receiving depth and help and maybe some special teams help, but they had also been working out running backs, including Jamal Charles this week. So tells me that they're not entirely sold on their running back crew, and maybe the guy that's been the best there for in PPRs has been Buck Allen, and maybe they're going to replace him with Ty Montgomery. He's a, he's a little bit of a more skilled player. So I'm really interested to see how it all pans out, and there's a lot of uncertainty in Baltimore right now with what this really means. Yep. 
Buck Allen has been trending downward in his touches. Last last week, he didn't have a carry at all. He, had, he caught three passes, including a touchdown, but that was it. And, uh, you know, for a guy that's really a big part of that offense, when Alex Collins just carries the rock and doesn't really catch passes, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Maybe he just, uh, you know, was, was slowly being phased out, and they saw and the Ravens saw an opportunity here to maybe, uh, you know, move on and, 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 and take a chance on, on Montgomery because Montgomery started out as a wide receiver. Now he's a his pseudo running back. They, they could move him into the slot. They could do a whole bunch of different things. Obviously, Willie Sneed is there right now, so I'm not sure if they need another wide receiver, but, you know, he, he can definitely do what, what Buck Allen was doing, and then and, and maybe uh, he's cheaper or whatnot, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. Before we move on over real quickly, I just want to hit another c- a couple trades uh, just to mention to people here. The Rams have traded a 2019 third-round draft pick and a 2020 fifth-round pick to Jacksonville for Deven- defensive end Dante Fowler, so the, the rich just get richer from the defensive aspect there uh wow uh you know you got uh the redskins hired they uh, they uh they they uh packers traded another player they acquired uh packers safety ha clinton dicks uh to the uh he went to the redskins in exchange for fourth round draft pick there um a, a minor note here the bill signed terrell Pryor. <laughs> but anyway uh lots of movement in and, and player uh, exchanges and such uh, earlier today. And then before we get to the injury update, the Seahawks finally let go of Brandon Marshall. We all kind of saw this on the writing on the wall. David Moore had really stepped up and has scored four touchdowns in the last three games and uh, basically making Brandon Marshall obsolete over there. He's been cut. Um, there's a team in New York by the name of the Jets that are having all kinds of injury trouble with their wide receivers. Chris, what do you think? Do you think that Marshall actually ends up back as a Jet for a little bit? Uh, he might. I, I'm not saying they should sign him, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I actually thought they should have re-signed Ter- Terrell Pryor but before he went to Buffalo because they, he was he had been working with their team already. And they're, at this point in their career, they're basically the same except Pryor is a lot faster. So I, I don't know. I, he couldn't hurt with what the Jets could use, but I'm not sure it helps them either. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the list of injuries here. Uh, okay, uh, up in Buffalo, both their quarterbacks are hurt. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh Allen with the elbow has already been declared out for this week, and now Derek Anderson suffered for concussion late in the Monday night game. He's out, so Nathan Peterman is going to start. Uh, let's see, who who's Buffalo playing? The Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think the but Chicago Bears will probably be ranked six, number one. <laughs> Yeah, pick six, Peterman. <laughs> Bring the That's national the anthem. I'm calling him. Uh, Yep. <laughs> so if you got the Bears defense, you're going to want to start them this week. I think they're going to be ranked number one in the mastermind rankings for defense. Anyway, uh, Ryan Tannehill with a throwing shoulder, still unlikely to play this week. Uh, let's see if he's actually can play, can practice at all, but it's not looking good. Uh, C.J. Beathard is a big big concern for the Thursday night game. Uh, he's got a wrist injury, and he's having trouble holding on to the ball and throwing it. Uh, he didn't practice again today, the second straight day. They got one more day of practice for the game on Thursday. Uh, so that's not looking good for the San Francisco offense. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not even sure who their third-string quarterback is over there, but uh, you know they're, they're going to hope that he can practice tomorrow and get on the field. To the big uh, injuries at running back, uh, Melvin Gordon, the hamstring, um, you know, they, they say that he should play. Uh, the, the week off did him a world of good. They kind of kept him out as a precaution. We won't know until he actually practices. Uh, Anthony Lynn, head coach, said he is going to practice in some capacity on Wednesday. So we'll find out if you're listening to this late in the week. You're probably already going to know what's going on. But, you know, us Gordon owners, you and me included, Chris, we hope to gosh that uh, that Melvin Gordon's going to play this week. Dalvin Coe with the hamstring. Looks like he's uh, not going to play probably. I think uh, what they've got there uh, – 
bye week and week 10. So I think they're targeting a week 11 for Dalvin Cook. It's been a wasted season for Dalvin Cook, along with uh, Fournette, who's sitting out the bye week this week. They hope that he'll come back next week. Same issue there with the hamstring. In New England, Sonny Michel with the knee is a little bit more positive. He actually practiced on Saturday right before the Monday night game. It was declared out for that game uh, coming off a knee injury. But uh, it looks like if he can practice uh, later this week, he might be able to play. We'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, uh, back to San Francisco and Matt Bright in the ankle. He's been limited both Monday and Tuesday. He played through that injury last week. Looks like he might be able to play through it again this Thursday. We'll see there. Uh, his running mate there, Raheem Mostert, uh, Mostert with the ankle, uh, he was also limited on Tuesday. They hope that they, they both can play there. Otherwise, it'll be Alfred Morris. Uh, Royce Freeman with the ankle uh, for Denver uh, for, for this week. Uh, uncertain at this point. We'll see if he practices the same thing with Chris Thompson with a different rib injury on the other side. He He's having trouble uh, breathing on both sides now. That's not good. Can't be. Uh, it's got to be real painful there. Uh, Ronald Jones with a hamstring down in Tampa Bay. Expected to miss two weeks of action there. So it's going to be Peyton Barber for the next couple of weeks with Jackie's Rogers there. Uh, moving on over to wide receiver, big injury in Kansas City. Kyrie Hill, the strained groin. That was uh, said uh, noticed after the game there. Andy Reid, uh, he wasn't quite sure if he's going to be able to play this week. What's interesting is that after the game, Tyreek Hill got into a sumo wrestling costume. Did you did you see this, Chris, online? No, I did not. He uh, on Twitter on my Twitter feed it showed him getting uh, getting into a sumo uh, wrestling costume and getting up and walking around and and uh, it's funny we we follow uh, Dr. Chow uh, David Chow you have to follow this guy on Twitter uh, he's the f- uh, pro football doctor and he he can tell by video is is a sprained MCL or an ACL torn ACL or whatnot he said that uh, it looks pretty good because otherwise he wouldn't be getting up in that costume walking around without any kind of you know assistance a cane or whatever so. Uh, you know, but who knows? Uh, it's going to see. We'll see if he practices later this week. Um, Allen Robinson with the groin did not play this past week for the Bears. His status is uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. Amari Cooper's had two weeks, full weeks to come on back from that concussion, and now he comes, of course, coming over to Dallas. Two buys in a row. Uh, it's technically uncertain, but it looks good that he should be able to come back and practice. If he practices at all on Wednesday or Thursday, then it's probably a slam dunk that he plays. Um, anyway, moving on over to uh, Houston, we already mentioned Kiki Guti. Totally uncertain whether he's going to be able to play this week. Uh, they can't call it too early. He, if he practices later this week and looks good, you know, he might be able to play. Otherwise, it won't be. And what's interesting about that is that the Houston t- Texans play down over there in Denver where Demarius Thomas was playing. He's going to be playing in that game. He's just going to switch uniforms. <laughs> he'll be able to uh, sleep in his own bed <laughs> in Denver. Of course, he has to fly to Houston and practice for the next three days, uh, but it's going to be an interesting experience for him uh, playing in the same stadium but uh, wearing the opposing team's um, uh, uniform. Do you, you, what do you think is going to happen there, Chris? you think uh, when, when he comes on out, do you think the fans are going to applaud him? Yeah, they're actually going to honor him before the game is what I was told. They're going to actually have a ceremony to honor him for all of his years in Denver. Oh, wow. That's going to be uh, pretty emotional. Uh, I can't wait to see that. Anyway, moving on over to uh, to the Jets. Robbie Anderson with the ankles to, still uncertain for this week. He didn't play last week. Quincy Inunua expected to miss one or two more weeks. they got a bye coming up. Um, doesn't look good for him to play. Pierre Garçon, Garçon with the shoulder and knee was limited in practice on Tuesday. They hope he'll be able to play this Thursday. Uh, the big thing, of course, is Bethard there. And, of course, Jameson Crowder with the ankle, not uh, certain, uncertain to play this week. Uh, 
he probably has to get in a full week of practice to play because he's been sitting on that ankle for the last two or three weeks and uh, not playing. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Uh, obviously, we want everyone coming to our website, ffmastermind.com. Free in-season Nine Sky scanner reports, including those for the Colts, covered by uh, Chris Arita with two reports each week, a review of the previous week and a preview uh, later in the week for uh, the coming week. Uh, our weekly fantasy newsletters, daily premium injury, quick bets, and such, We've a big mid-season sale. Normally, we discount it just down to $14.95. This year, we're going all the way down to $9.95. So people out there, you don't have any reason not to try us because it doesn't even cost the price of a takeout pizza. $9.95, that will get you expanded picks to click and flick each week. The market feature on Tuesday, NFL game matchup analysis from John Cooney on uh, throughout the entire week there. Our rankings come out on Wednesday uh, after the practices are out, and then we update them on Saturday uh, late uh, picks to click and flick adjustments on Saturday and late fantasy reaches there. Once again, everything has been updated, of course, uh, later in the week, the injury reports and such. 995 ffmastermind.com. And please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. Okay, the picks to click and flick for week nine of the NFL season. A couple of quarterbacks you like, uh, Chris, and why? Um, for the first time all year, I'm going to say Dak Prescott. They're playing on Monday Night Football. He's coming off a bye. They've added Amari Cooper, so he's got a little extra prep and a little extra toys. Dak also really likes the spotlight. He's played on Monday Night Football twice in his career. He's top 22 fantasy points in each, so I like him to have a, a good game this time out. And then I like Joe Flacco. He had 363 and two scores a month ago in Pittsburgh. He's got a decent chance for this to be a high-scoring game again based on each team's recent defensive performances. And while Pittsburgh's been getting better, only the Bucks have allowed more passing touchdowns than they have, and they've allowed the fourth-most fantasy points per game to quarterback. So Flacco could have a potential to, to air it out a little bit. Okay. Oh, by the way, before I get to my picks to click and flick, you, you guys need to know, of course, this is the first week where there are six whopping teams on a bye They are Arizona, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, New York Giants, and Philadelphia Eagles. The two teams, of course, from London, the Eagles and the Jaguars. If you've got anybody on those uh, teams, make sure you move them to your bench because otherwise you'll get a big fat zero. So the picks to click and flick was the slim pickings this week, but I do like a couple of guys here. Derek Carr with Oakland. Yeah, he's coming off a big game and such, but this week's opponent, the 49ers, have allowed less than two TD passes only in one game this year in 2018. So I think Carr is going to be good for a couple of touchdown passes in this game. Could be It should be pretty interesting. Uh, and then the other guy is Alex Smith uh, for Washington. They're playing Atlanta. Atlanta's a defense uh, 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 like the entire season is injury ravaged and giving up big points here and there. And I think Alex Smith's going to uh, throw two couple scores in this game. So if you need him, start him. I know he's probably usually not in the top 10 list or even top 15, but this week should be a pretty good game for him. A couple of guys I'm not uh, crazy about. Sam Darnold just uh, trending in the wrong direction. 
uh, all his good receivers are hurt. And uh, the Jets play Miami. They've been struggling against Miami. I believe they already played them this this year, and the, they didn't do very well in that game either. So uh, I would not uh, with 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 uh, Nunua hurt and Robbie Anderson maybe not playing. Maybe they should re-sign Brandon Marshall. I don't know. But don't start uh, Sam Darnold this week. And then Matthew Stafford, the Vikings' pass defense has stepped it up since the Rams' debacle about a month ago. Uh, and, of course, Matthew now doesn't have Golden Tate, uh, so he's going to have to you know, adjust there uh, on the road against the Vikings' uh, quality pass defense that's really uh, picked it up. So I'd be very careful about starting uh, Matthew Stafford this week. A couple of uh, quarterbacks that you're not crazy about this week, and why, Chris? I'd say Phillip Rivers is a caution play just because the Seahawks have not allowed 20 fantasy points to a quarterback yet this year, and they're one of the tops at limiting at that that position. They've only given up 12 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks at home as well, and they've held the quarterback under 200 yards and or to zero or one touchdowns every game since week one until this last week. So uh, I'm I'm a little worried about Rivers. And then I'm, I'm cautious about Mitch Trubisky as well. Nobody's got more fantasy points per game since week four. And he, but he got fat on some bad pass defenses in that time. And the Bills are still pretty good on pass defense. You saw what they did on Monday night to corral Tom Brady. And Trubisky's just not Tom Brady. They've held uh, the opposing quarterback to zero or one touchdowns or under 200 yards in six of eight games so far. Pretty impressive for a, a, a Bills defense. Okay. Uh, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, I like Tariq Cohen this week to, to really go off. He's receiving and speedier running backs have been the most damaging to the Bills so far than the internal runners like like uh, like Jordan Howard. And if you watch James White on a Monday Night Football, you realize Tariq Cohen can do that all over again. So he should have high volume and high effectiveness. And then I really like Nick Chubb. Uh, obviously, you've got the generous KC run defense, but there's an obvious need to keep Mahomes and company off the field for the Browns this week. So they got a rookie quarterback and team in disarray. I could see a defensive head coach trying to be very conservative on offense and giving him 20 touches. Okay. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Washington. I think he's going to score on the Falcons at home. Uh, so, you know, plug and play if you have him. Uh, Latavius Murray, uh, the guy scored like 20-plus uh, points in the last three weeks uh, in PPR systems. Uh, the Lions' uh, r- run defense sucks. It still does. Uh, Carson ran for over 100 yards in a score last week, so I think Latavius Murray is going to do the same thing this week. So plug and play. Uh, a couple of guys I'd be worried about this week, uh, Alex Collins, uh, Ravens. The, the Steelers' run defense still has, is pretty good. Uh, I think they're going to limit him. Uh, most of the damage uh, that's going to be done on the Steelers is going to be via the air, via Flacco, like you say. And Laguerre Blount, uh, two, he's too TD dependent to trust against the Vikings on the road. Uh, Detroit has been uh, playing uh, on Johnson uh, more and more each week. And Theo Rick there is still out with a knee injury. Not sure if he's going to play. Probably not. But uh, anyway, uh, Laguerre Blount, I think, had a handful of touches last week. Didn't do much with him. So uh, be very careful about that situation now. So anyway, about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Well, you mentioned the Bears' defense. They're going to be all over the Bills, and I think LaShawn McCoy is definitely a guy I'd be worried about this week. The Bears haven't even allowed a rushing touchdown yet to a running back, and if you watch the game on Monday night, McCoy looked like he got dinged more than a few times, looked like he was in a lot of pain and discomfort on the sideline. so I think he might have a little bit more of a timeshare with Ivory, a little bit smaller share of an already small pie. And then a guy that I'm really worried about from the matchup is Tevin Coleman. Uh, the Redskins have quietly had a stellar year on run defense, They've only allowed 80 yards per game and three, a little over three and a half yards per carry. They've severely cut down the running back receptions, allowed no receiving touchdowns. 
They played some great running back the last three weeks, Zeke, McCaffrey, and Saquon. And in those three weeks, they've only allowed 90 total rushing yards. So, wow, Coleman's in for a rough day today, uh, Sunday. Yeah, that's that's some good stats there. I've had a couple of wide receivers you like this week and why. I like Devontae Parker. I was kind of surprised that Miami hadn't used him more this year, and Osweiler certainly looked for him once he got him on the field this last week. Now you get the Jets putrid and beat up secondary and the other limited number of pass catchers in Miami. I think he's due for another big game. And a kind of a sneaky guy you may not be aware of is Adam Humphreys for Tampa. He's had 11 catches and 19 targets his last two games, second only to Mike Evans, and his usage kind of spiked a little bit when Fitzpatrick came in. So you look at what Carolina has also been susceptible. It's the underneath routes and the slot receivers. So you might have a chance for a decent PPR volume day. It could be a nice waiver wire bye week filling on this big bye week. Okay, uh, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. But I've, I've never said this. Uh, Josh Dotson, uh, he's a click in my book because he's healthy and they're playing Atlanta. So uh, you know you got the, the Pat, uh, Richardson uh, is uh, is dinged and uh, Crowder might not even play. So uh, Josh Dotson uh, caught five passes, almost 50 yards last week. That's almost 10 points in PPR. Uh, so plug and play if you need them. Devin Funch is coming off a bad game. Uh, I think he's going to score on the box. I mean, everyone scores on the box. So he's the number one wide receiver for Carolina. So obviously you do start him this week. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week. Corey Davis, uh, Tennessee, uh, really struggled lately in that passing game, even though he's the number one wide receiver for the Titans. Uh, Cowboys, I think, are going to limit him at home. They they play really good defense. Their secondaries really picked it up, especially at home. I'd be uh, careful about starting him. And Cam Meredith, uh, this is how weak it is. It's, uh, I had trouble finding a good guy to sit. That wasn't obvious. Uh, well, you know, I think you can just drop Cam Meredith from your lineup completely because he hasn't had a target in the last two games. Ever since Ted Ginn went out on the IR, it's been Traquan Smith that's taken over that role there, and uh, the Saints aren't throwing as much as they used to. So uh, you can go ahead and just boot Cameron Meredith right off your team. No, no, not much of a waste there. Uh, how about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Here's guys you're not going to sit, but I think you should be cautious in this week. I'll start with Keenan Allen. Like I mentioned for Rivers, the Seattle pass defense has been pretty stingy, and they've generally stifled the slot guys and the high-volume guys. So I'd be worried about Allen's production overall. And then Tyreek Hill, even if he can dance in a sumo suit, I'm still worried that Tweet Groin is going to – I don't think it may not have him sitting out, but it might have him have a reduced role because the Chiefs know this is a game they can easily win with all their other weapons, especially once they establish a lead. I can see him kind of sitting a lot of snaps out late in the game. Okay, I've got a couple of tight ends you like and why. Well, O.J. Howard, I think, is an, almost an every-week starter right now. Uh, he's becoming a focal point in the offense, especially with Fitzpatrick moving under center. But you add this to the fact that uh, nobody's given up as many fantasy points per game or touchdowns to tight ends as Carolina. I think he's a candidate for overall tight end number one numbers this week with possibility of multiple scores. And then a guy that just seems to keep putting in the end zone is Chris Herndon for the Jets. He scored a TD in three straight games, and the Dolphins have allowed five touchdowns to tight ends in the last three weeks, two, two, and one. So his target rate is low, but he's about as solid a play, especially in non-PPRs or scoring heavy leagues, as you can have this week. Yep. I picked up Hernan myself, actually, in an FFPC Satellite League last week. Started him and got the score. One touch, one catch in the game, but it was a 16-yarder or 19-yarder or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, it was 10-plus points in that system. Really good good play there. Um, okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. George Kittle, of course, is an obvious play, but the Raiders just allowed three tight end scores all what is it, all three Colts tight ends, <laughs> even that Alec Cox guy or whatever, uh, scores. So, obviously, you're going to play Kittle, but I think he's got a really good chance of, of, of uh, scoring this game. And Jimmy Graham, uh, the Patriots struggle 
careful against the tight end. Uh, Jimmy's only coming off a one-catch game. I think they get him get him more involved and in, uh, use him in the red zone there, and I think he's going to score this week. A couple of guys I'm really worried about this week. Jeff Swain in, in Dallas has that MCL injury. They had the bye. Uh, we're not even sure if he's going to be able to play this week, so monitor the practices. If he doesn't, then obviously sit him. And, of course, they're going against the Titans' tough tight end defense. So uh, I'd sit him regardless. And Antonio Gates really been his shell of his former self. Not much. I think he's had one or two touchdowns. The Seahawks have allowed only one tight end to score in 2018. So Antonio is not going to get that extra tight end uh, touchdown this week. Uh, sit him. Uh, about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Start with Ben Watson. Besides being very erratic in his usage, the Rams have only allowed one tight end touchdown so far and 50 or less total tight end yards in five of their last seven games. So, you know, forget Ben this week. And then Charles Clay. The Bears give up tight end touchdowns, but almost zero tight end receptions. And then Clay occasionally gets receptions, but has not scored a touchdown in 21 games. You think you factor in Nate Peterman under center, he'll probably throw as many passes to the Bears as he does to the tight end. Just stay away from Charles Clay. Yep. Okay, one hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. A couple of guys you've got to pick up soon because they're both playing Thursday night. Robbie Gould of the Niners and Daniel Carlson of Oakland, two guys playing for sputtering offenses that result in more field goals than PATs, and they're facing teams that allow a ton of kicker points. So I like both of them on Thursday. And then a couple of defenses. You've got to like Dallas playing on Monday night against Tennessee. Home games under the lights always work well for Dallas they got a solid pass rush against an offense that ranks amongst the worst in all categories. Another team I like is Miami. They're hosting the Jets. Not a lot of faith in the Miami defense, especially recently, but I do have a lot of faith in the Jets being generous to opposing fantasy defenses. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, before we say goodbye here, I just wanted to go over uh, the pickups in the FF Webmasters 14-team non-PPR league. Uh, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be 5-3, and three, so I had one of the latter uh, picks in this uh, waiver wire system. It was worse the first as it goes, so this non-PPR 14-team. And, of course, Devonta Parker was the first pickup of the week. Um, Dallas Godart went next, and uh, obviously in Dallas, I mentioned their, we mentioned their defense. They're playing against Tennessee. They were the third pickup. Ryan Fitzpatrick, so obviously he was on the waiver wire because he wasn't starting, so he was picked up as the fourth uh, candidate here. Uh, and then the fifth pickup was Theo Riddick, uh, but he still got that knee injury, but when he plays, he's fairly effective. Um, and then uh, somebody needed a kicker, picked up Brett Maher, uh, the Cowboys kicker. And Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Juszczyk, uh anyway, he was picked up by John Cooney, our own John Cooney, who plays in this league against me. He represents his site, PassToWin.com. By the way, people, check out PassToWin.com. Lots of good free stuff on there. Anyway, and then I picked up Ed Dixon. Uh, Ed Dixon uh, scored last week. I do have Greg Olson as my number one. I had Ben Watson as my number two. I dropped Chester Rogers. He's on a bye. Uh, uh, by the way, Chris, before I let you go, what happened with Chester Rogers last week? He had like one catch in this game. Was it? What, what, how, how come all of a sudden the switch to Dontro Inman? Was it? Was that a fluke or what? What do you think? No, I think they just trusted him uh, more. Now he had an extra week, you know, to get familiar with the offense. They just trust him. He runs really good routes. And I think they like Rodgers in a complementary role rather than a, a, a starting role. Rodgers was the target on their, on their key two-point conversion, though, so they've got plays for him. They just want to pick and choose where they use him, and they feel more comfortable with Inman running more routes. I think you're going to see more of that for the remainder of the year, assuming everyone's healthy. 
Interesting, interesting stuff. Anyway, so I just felt comfortable because the Rodgers was like my number six or seven wide receiver. So I picked up Ed Dixon probably to boost, the, well, obviously to boost the, the tight end position behind Olsen with Ben Watson coming off a big goose egg. Anyway, anyway, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week 10 of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.